Blog Talk Radio. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome today to a word from God radio broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist Rebecca Collier-Hagler, and I want you to know that God does have a designed word especially for you on today. Psalms 119 or Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And then Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Don't you just love the Word of God on today? I'm telling you, the Word of God is so essential in our lives. You know, the Word of God is food to us. Just like we daily go into the refrigerator, and just like we we, we go in for breakfast, and we'll have a snack, and we're going for lunch, and we'll have a snack, and we go and eat dinner, and then we'll have a snack. That's how we should do with the Word of God. We should meditate on the Word. We should read it. We should meditate on it. We should chew on it. We should think about it. We should ask God, uh, the Holy Spirit, to explain it if there's something that we don't understand. But the Word of God is good for our soul. It's good for our our heart, our spirit. It's good. It brings help even to us. The Word of God is power. Everything we need to know about life, about ourselves, about God is in His Word. I thank God today for His Word. Well, I want to say thank you to all who have been And I do want to thank you for all of your encouraging words and for your support. Um, You don't know what that means to me. It's something that I truly, truly do appreciate it. So awesome to just have have you all to to tune in. And then when I get a chance to hear from you, I'm telling you, it's 
blesses my spirit. It blesses me so much. So I thank you for any time that you uh, uh, call, not so much call me, but write me and just let me know that uh, this broadcast is special to you. There is something that you look forward to on a daily basis. So I truly do thank you for that. And I pray that you have been enjoying our um, our teaching these last, this last week or so on eschatology. Uh, it is a powerful teaching. It is something I believe that we all need to know. I do believe that Jesus is one day coming back. The Bible says uh, his return is imminent, meaning that he's coming Soon, um, we don't know the day nor the hour. We don't know. Excuse me. We don't know the time. We don't know anything as far as when he's to return. To return, but we do know that he will return. And so today is our seventh uh, eschatology teaching, and today we are going to be talking about. The Bema Seat Judgment, the rewards that we will receive after the judgment, and the marriage and marriage feast. Now, we may not be able to finish all of this today, I really doubt, but uh, we're going to finish as much of it as we can. And if we don't finish it today, we will uh, go into it tomorrow as well. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to start this portion off here, this part of the Bible set it off, and we're going to do a song here, and then we're going to go into prayer, and then we are going to go into the Word of God.
will praise God at the get now and we will open up in prayer and then we will go ahead and get into the word of God. We thank you and thank you for doing for us on this day. We thank you and praise you for everything that you've done for us thus far, Father. Lord God, I pray that you will bless your word on today. Father God, that it will empower your people, that they will uh, have understanding and clarity about the things to come, the things that you foretold in your word that would happen. I pray, Father God, that not only would um, understand it and have clarity, but they'll be able to share this with others. I pray, Father God, that it will uh, cause an excitement in them to get themselves ready for your coming, Father God. Lord God, I pray that you will just continue to bless each and every one up under the sound of my voice. I pray, Father God, for all of the things that are going on today in our world, in our country, with our leaders. I pray, Father God, that you will handle every situation because we know, Father God, that you're just setting up everything to take place. So, Father God, whatever your will is, whatever your desire is, Father God, I just pray, Father God, that you will help us to understand the things that we see and the things that we hear, to know, Father God, that you're preparing this world, Father God, for the upcoming events. Lord, we just pray now. These financial any type of relationships, any work problems, Father God, uh, any health problems, any mental problems, anything, Father God, financially, whatever the situation might be, Lord, that you will bless them right now, Father God, and help them, Lord God, to overcome every situation because we know that you said in the world we will have tribulation. You said, but be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. Father God, right now, in your mighty son Jesus' name, and Father God, we give you all of the glory, we give you all of the praise, and we thank you, Father God, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We're going to get into our lesson on today, and we are going to be talking about the Bema Seat Judgment, we're going to be talking about the rewards that we are to receive, and we are going to be talking about the marriage, the marriage feast of Jesus to his bride. Now, while the world is going to be going through in the tribulation period, um, the church will be going through our time of judgment and reward, and the marriage to Christ, and uh, fellowshipping in the uh, marriage feast. Now, if you turn to Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, verses 10 through 12 says this, and this is, I'm going to be reading from the Living Bible, <clears throat> and it says this, you have no right to criticize your brethren, or look down on him. Remember, each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. You know, sometimes when we're in church and our pastors are preaching and we hear a message, and and, and a lot of times when we hear certain messages, they are for us. But we think, you know, well, you think about somebody else, maybe you don't like the way they do things or their walk in Christ is not the best. So you kind of start judging them and start saying, yes, yeah, so-and-so needs to be here to look at this or to hear this. Um, the scripture here tells us not to look down on our brothers because we're all going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So that means that each of us have something that God is not pleased with in our lives, and we don't have the right or the time 
to be sitting there judging someone else's life. Verse 11 says, for it is written as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. Nobody's going to be bowing to us and nobody's going to be confessing to us when we stand before the throne of God. Every knee, that means everybody that is there for that judgment are going to be bowing their knee and confessing who Jesus Christ is, that he is the Lord, that He he's always been the Lord of our lives. And verse 12 says, yes, each of us will give an account of himself to God. We're not going to be giving account for our brothers in Christ or our sisters in Christ or our siblings or any other family member or somebody that goes to our church. We're not going to be tattletailing on somebody else and patting ourselves on the back because we all are going to be standing before the very throne of Jesus Christ himself, looking into his face and seeing pleasure and maybe even displeasure at some of the things we've said, thought, and done in life. Everything we've done, everything we've said, it, it, it's all been uh, uh, written down. There's, God has taken account of everything but not to fear because if we're at this judgment seat, things will be different than for those who will be at the great white throne judgment seat. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us this. It says we must all appear, that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10, it says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us may receive what is due to us for the things done while in our bodies, whether good or bad. So in context, it is clear that both passages that I just read to you refer to Christians and not unbelievers. The judgment seat of Christ, therefore, involves only believers giving an account of our lives to Christ for what we did with our time here on earth. And God is going to look at us, and he's going to look at me, and he's going to say, Becky, what did you do with your life while you were here on earth? Did, did you follow my instructions? Did you follow my teachings? Did you live accordingly? Even when you were getting ready to do something wrong and the Holy Spirit spoke to you, did you stop and, and, and not do what the Holy Spirit told you not to do? Or did you just go ahead on and do it anyway because you just wanted to do it? See, many times I hear people say, well, I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes. Yes, that's true. We are human and we are going to make mistakes. But if we put our trust, if we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell you things if you listen. The Holy Spirit will say, don't do that. Don't go down that road. Uh, Don't wear that today. Um, Don't allow that person to uh, enter into your life. They're not good for you. The Holy Spirit tells us on many occasions what to do, but a lot of times we don't listen to what the Holy Spirit says. And this is how we get into so much trouble. And so Jesus is going to ask us, what did you do? And we're going to look at him, some of us in shame, Some of us are going to bow our heads. Some of us may cry. We don't know exactly what is going to take place until we actually have to stand before God. Nobody else can stand uh, stand before God for you. Your mother can't do it. Your father, 
your aunt, your uncle, your pastor, your your Sunday school teacher, your leader in whatever ministry you're in at your church, your boss, nobody can stand in your stead because you're going to be standing in front of the judge who gave his life on the cross for you. There are no more excuses. And so let's see actually what is going to take place. Um, This judgment is called the Bema Seat or the Bema Seat Judgment. But in the scriptures, it's known as the Judgment Seat of Christ. Now, if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, and again, I will be reading, excuse me, I will be reading out of uh, the Living Bible. That's 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27. 24th verse says, it says, in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets first prize. So run your race, run your race to win. To win the contest, you must deny yourselves many things, many things that would keep you from doing your best. An athlete goes to all this trouble just to win a blue ribbon or a silver cup, but we do it for a heavenly reward that never disappears. This is a race that we're running, and we run this race by ourselves. In Hebrews, it says that we are encamped about with a a great amount of witnesses, meaning in heaven they're pulling for us. They're looking down and they're saying, look, we made it. You can make it too. And they're encouraging us, you know. The Holy Spirit is encouraging us. Jesus is encouraging us. The Father is that we're being encouraged to run this race. Um. It says here in the scripture, uh, it says that there are many things that we need to try to keep ourselves away from so that we can do our best. See, when we run this race in our flesh, and what I'm talking about is, excuse me, what I'm saying is running this race, uh, trying to do it in the flesh and not in the spirit, not following the word of God. You know, some of us are religious, but we have no relationship with God. We can tell you everything, even about the Bible. We can tell you everything, everything about church. Uh, We know how to act around certain people. We know how to act when we're in church, but our lives are totally, uh, we're, we're really living a fleshly Life because outside of the church, we're somebody totally different. And so we cannot run that race with our best, with best intentions. Our heart is not completely into it. Uh, when athletes train, there are certain things that they give up, certain foods that they don't eat, certain things that they don't do. Um, they exercise. They, they run. Um, they eat properly, uh, they get rest, um, they follow the instructions of their trainers and their coaches. That's the same way with us in running this race. What are we eating? What are we allowing uh, uh, ourselves to be fed with? Are we feeding ourselves with the word of God? Uh, Are we feeding ourselves with encouraging reading books? Are we doing things to try to help ourselves to get along further in life? Are we doing what we need to do to educate ourselves? Or are we just always sitting around listening to gossip uh, uh, programs or we're listening to somebody talk about somebody else's issues and they have issues themselves? 
Are we filling our lives with too much TV? Are we filling our lives with too much junk? What's going in our eye gate? What is our ear gate hearing? What are we speaking from our mouth? What are we saying? How well? What are we giving up? Have we have we given up the world's uh, uh, system? Or have we given up doing things that people in the world do? If you're a Christian but you're still living a worldly life, then how are you? How is your life a shining example to people in the world? Because they see you doing the same thing exactly that they're doing, so it makes them feel like, well, hmm, I'm okay. Everything is cool. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to change. I mean, this person over here goes to church 24-7, and they're doing the same things I'm doing. What are you willing to give up in order to run your race? There used to be a song uh, back in the day that says 99 and a half just won't do. God wants 100% of our lives. So what is a Bema uh, judgment? Well, a Bema judgment, this comes from the ancient Olympic Games. Now, this is where the judge would be seated at the finish line. And it would be where the judge would determine from where he or or she sat who would come in, who came in first, or who came in second, or even who came in third. And it was the judge who awarded each participant. And most of the times the award was with a gold-leaf crown. Uh, This is a judgment such as what we as believers will be going through. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and Jesus Christ himself will dispense our rewards to us accordingly. Now, at the beam of judgment, they were given a crown of gold leaf. Well, at the beam of seat judgment, it doesn't say a whole lot about everything that uh, uh, all the rewards that we're going to get in heaven, but it does talk about uh, the five crowns, excuse me, that we will receive uh, once once uh, we have been judged and once it is decided uh, what types of crowns or whatever that we're going to get. So we do know of the crowns, and we do know that Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. Just living in heaven itself will be a great reward. But there are, and I'm sure there may be other types of little rewards because everything has not been revealed to us. Some things God still has kept a mystery. But when we go through this Bema Seat judgment or the judgment seat of Christ, this particular judgment does not determine salvation for us. That was determined by Christ's sacrifice on the cross for our behalf. And that's found in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22. Hallelujah. So, I'm also going to read that out of the Living Bible. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. He is the one who took God's wrath against our sins upon himself and brought us into fellowship with God. When we were, before we accepted Christ, God's wrath was upon us because we had nothing to protect us, we 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 um, we were just living any old kind of life that we wanted to. But once we gave our lives to Christ and became born again Christians, then that act of accepting Jesus, accepting 
uh, what he did on the cross for us, accepting his blood. It brought us into fellowship with his Father God and into um, forgiveness of our sins. So we have been forgiven. Yes, we do sin. Yes, we do make mistakes. Yes, we do things that we're not supposed to do. But that is why the scripture tells us that when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father that we can go to Jesus and ask him to forgive us. And our sins are forgiven. They were forgiven already when Jesus died on the cross for us. All we had to do was receive the gift of forgiveness. And now that we've received the gift of forgiveness, and when we do sin, we do repent of it, then this is what gives us the right to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And now we are standing in the very throne room of Jesus Christ, being judged not for our sins, but being judged for the things that we did uh, according to how we were supposed to walk here on the earth as born-again Christians. And let's see here. I'm sorry, I lost my thoughts here for a minute and lost my place here. Um, Not only uh, are we... Not only our sins have been forgiven, but um, God is going to be looking at some different things in our lives. Uh, He's going to be looking at our faith in him. Um, We will never, it will never be determined that, it will never be determined, again, like I said, that we are going through anything because of our sins but we're going to be going through the judgment because of um, how we walk, how we live, how we obey God, how we, how we were submissive to God. He's going to look at everything that we do. Everything has been um, written down. Everything has been made plain. And when we stand before God, we are going to... Um, <clears throat> As we stand before God, we are going to have to answer uh, some questions from Jesus on how we handle our situation here on life. We should not look at the judgment seat of Christ um, as, as God judging our sins, but rather as God rewarding us for the life that we did live. This is surely answering um we will have to answer for the sins that we did commit while we were here on the on the earth. But having Christ in our lives and no longer uh, having sin in our lives will, will really, I mean, things will just really, really, really change for us. Things, things that um, that we we um, I'm sorry, things that we did down here. God is just going, he's not going to overlook them. We are going to have to answer God for those things. At the judgment seat of Christ, believers are going to be rewarded based on how faithfully we served Christ. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 4 through 27, and 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Some of the things that we might be judged on are how well we obeyed the Great Commission. You know, did you go forth and do? Did you go forth and witness? Did you go forth and teach? Did you go forth and make disciples? Uh, Because of you, did anyone give their life to Christ? And then were they baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and in the Holy Spirit? How victorious were we over sin in our lives? Uh, How well did we control our tongues? The Bible speaks of believers receiving crowns for different things based on how faithfully we served Christ. Now, these scriptures here will talk about 
the different crowns that uh, the scripture said will be uh, rewarded to the believers. First Corinthians chapter nine, verses four through twenty-seven. Second Timothy chapter two and verse five. The various crowns are described in Second Timothy chapter two, verse five, and Second Timothy four and eight. James chapter one and verse twelve. First Peter chapter five and verse four and Revelations chapter two and verse ten. James one and twelve is a good summary of how we should think about the judgment seat of Christ. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood his test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Now this here, um, we're going to start talking uh, about the different crowns. But first I want to share this here with you, and this is a part of the of the judgment that we will have to go through. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. On this one I'm going to read out of the NIV. By the grace, God, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on that as well. That means our pastors, our teachers, and any other spiritual leaders. Jesus has laid has laid the foundation for us in His Word through His Word. We're to build on that word because we're to study the word of God as well. But there are also other people who are laying on top of our foundation, and that is our pastors, our teachers, and any other spiritual leaders. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation on any other than the one already laying, meaning the one that Jesus has laid, the foundation that Jesus has laid already for us to build ourselves upon, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, wood, hay, or stubble, this means the life that we're living. You know, you're building your foundation. You you, you want to be able to stand on the word of God. So you're you're building your life on the foundation, which is the word of God. The, 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 the gold, the silver, the precious stones, the wood, the hay, the hay, the straw, that's the life that you are living at this time while you're here on the earth. Their works will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. When we stand in front of Jesus Christ, He's going to look at our life, as I've said before, and it's going to if if our life if our if our foundation and the life that we live is gold, silver, and costly stones. That's one thing. That's meaning that we're we're living a productive life. It means that we're living a life of value. It means that we're living a moral life. But if we build a life on wood, hay, or stubble, that means that we're barely getting by, that we're not doing what we're supposed to do, that we're walking in disobedience, that we're not living according to what the Scripture tells us. And then this is what it says. Um, this is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through flames. If your work are built on precious stones, on gold and on silver, that you're living the best life you can possibly live, 
that you're being obedient, that you, you're walking in submissiveness, that you're faithful to the calling of God, that you are, are doing, uh, following every, every uh, thing that Christ has told us to do, that we're getting out there and we're witnessing and we're ministering to other people, that, we're, we're, that our life is an example that uh, we know that we are the light of the world and that when we do things, when, when, we, when we show that light, the Bible says that it brings glory and honor to God. But if our lives are wood, hay, and stubble, you know, that gets burnt up. But the life of the gold, the silver, and the precious stone stands. But the life of the wood, the hay, and the stubble, it gets burnt up. And the Bible says that that uh, life that has the, uh, uh, the, the, the gold and the silver and the precious stones, you are rewarded for that. But the life of the, of the hay, wood, and stubble, it says you will suffer loss. But it says, but yet that person will be saved even though only as one escaping through the flames. Like I said, I don't know what types of all the rewards that we may get in heaven. I do know that there are rewards uh, of the five crowns that the scripture does teach about. And so uh, not getting any rewards, I'm not sure uh, what that all entails, but the scripture does say that that person will still be saved because they did make a commitment to Christ. They made a covenant with Christ, and God does not break his covenant with his people. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, and that's all I'm reading it again from the Living Bible. See, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay everyone according to the deeds he has done. So after our judgment, we will receive rewards for what we did right here on the earth. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. And so, like I said, I don't know exactly what um, those who will not receive a reward will go through because the scripture does not say. But I still believe that they are included because they still went in the rapture. They just didn't do everything that they were supposed to do. I believe it was possibly that some things, they did have some things that they did on the gold, the silver, and uh, the precious stone, because we all have something wrong. All of us are not built on just the gold, the silver, and the precious stone. A lot of us have some hay, wood, and stubble in our lives, but thank God all of that stuff is going to be burnt up. God has to, uh, Jesus is at this point is making us ready for the marriage, uh, uh, for the marriage part of, of us becoming the bride of Christ. He has to get rid of all of that stuff that we had in our lives. It has to be removed from our records. So it is burnt off, and it is burnt, and it's never anymore a part of who we are. We will, if I, like I said, if there is a problem and we do wood, hay, and stubble, it is burnt away because Jesus says that he's coming for a bride without a spot or a wrinkle or a blemish. And, you know, I always wonder, well, Lord, we all make mistakes. You know, uh, you know how can that possibly possibly be that uh, we would all have to be like you, <laughs> you know, um, 
you're the only one that has no spots, no wrinkles, no blemishes. But in this time when we are judged, he's going to judge uh, all of that bad part of us, all of that stuff that we did that was not righteous in him, was not holy, was not done the way it should be done. All of that's going to be burnt away. And Jesus is going to uh, reward us for the good. And we will be made that pure, holy, and righteous bride that he presents unto himself. You know, he, 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 he loves us. And we could not be so bride Christ as we have stuff still in our hearts, still in our lives. It's not sin that I'm talking about, but this is the stuff that uh, we consider as disobedience, things that we did not do, things that we said, places that we went. Um, And I'm not giving you carte blanche to go out and just do what you want to do. Oh, well, I'll be saved, so it don't matter. It does matter. Because when it, when you do stand before Christ, this. sometimes I have to tell people to check yourself, to see if you really have asked Christ into your life or to see if you've really given your life over to the Lord. It's so easy for you to commit sin and you're supposed to be saved, uh, we no longer have that sin nature. Once we accept Christ, we have God's nature. We have God's attributes. We don't have sin, a sin nature. God does not live in an apartment house with the devil. God doesn't live upstairs and Satan lives downstairs. He doesn't share. He doesn't do the co-op thing. And he don't don't do the duplex thing. That's not God. God, when He takes possession of us, we are fully His, and we are to fully and truly follow after Him. And in a lot of situations, I believe in life that some of us may think we're saved, and we really are not, and we need to go back and make a check in our lives and see what happens totally to you. Because you can think you're saved and then um, think you're going in the rapture comes and you'll be left here because you've done nothing to change. When I gave my life to God, my life changed. Uh, the scripture talks about you can't put new wine in old wine skins because it would burst. I'm when I gave my life over forty some years ago to Jesus, and I remember I was a party girl, loved to party, and I remember that my um, uh, a husband and I went to this party. And when I got there, I I just felt so out of place. And I'm not saying you can't have fun with your family, do family parties and things of that nature, but this was like a riotous party, you know, all kinds of stuff was going on there. There was nobody there talking about the Lord. It was drinking and drugs and, you know, you name it, it was stuff was going on. People were cheating. All kind of stuff was going on. and But when I got there, I just, neither one of us felt comfortable because we had both given our lives to Christ. And we didn't feel comfortable sitting there, all of the cussing and the smoking and the drink. It just didn't feel right anymore. And from that point on, I had no more desire to 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 go to that type of a party, you know. God for me was 
I know when it came uh, fashionable Christians to feel tough, but it seems like it is so fashionable now that you know this this our profanity. But the first thing that God took from me when I gave my life to Him was profanity. Because I used to talk, use profanity like a man, like a soldier, like a football player. I mean, my my mouth was horrible. But I didn't know at the time God cleaned up my mouth. But I know today he cleaned up my mouth so that I could share and preach his word. Because the word says you can't bless and curse out of the same mouth. And uh, things just begin to change. My whole life changed. Stand before God. When you think about standing before God, what are some of the things that you need to do to repent? What are the things that you need to say? That you need to look up to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Take this from me. Take that. I don't want to live like this anymore. God help me to become a better person. You don't have to because we don't want to in obedience. That when Jesus looks at us, he says, well done. Well, I see that it is time to get off the air. I um, truly have enjoyed, again, today spending time with you and sharing in the word. You all pray for me. Um, This is a hard lesson to teach, and uh, the enemy will sometimes try confused my thought or confused where I am in my notes, and uh, just pray for me that uh, God will continue to use me. I uh, I just, I love God, and I want to be humble before him, and I want him to uh, continue to bless this broadcast. Well, I pray today that you learn something at least today about the beam of your judgment standing for the throne of Jesus Christ. Well, as I said, it is time to go. Once again, it has been a joy uh, preaching and sharing the word of God or teaching today. I wasn't preaching today. And I want to say that about at com. That's a word from seven at gmail.com. When you uh when you write up this is one of the information as far as you coming to share the word of God or uh, you have any prayer requests or any biblical questions about the lesson or even for donations, I pray that you will uh, take some time out and email me. Again, that's a word from God7 at email.com. Well, thank you again today for tuning in to the Word of God on Blog Talk Radio. I am your radio. This is the Hatch. Thanks for joining us. May God richly bless all your endeavors for Him. And until next time, have a joyous and a blessed day. God bless you.
Yes. 